Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. What's going on, everybody? I know it's been a while, but I'm back like I never left. September was a rough month. I mean, my theme song for the last three or four weeks has been, wake me up when September ends, because it fucking sucks. Man, it was, it was, it was uh, the roughest month I've had in a while. On the personal front, just, just lots of stress. I had some medical things I had to go through, you know, co-parenting stuff, uh, behavioral issues with my son. Nothing crazy. Just, you know, a lot at once, really. It was just a lot at once. I'm moving. I bought a new home. I'm selling the one I have. Lots of lots of stuff going on. Slay has been pushed about eight to ten weeks while we develop a portal. I'll get to that in a second. Exciting stuff there. Just gonna take us a little bit longer than expected to get Slay Hormone Solutions launched. I had surgery, the cosmetic surgery. I had some tissue in my nipple area. I developed pubertal gynecomastia, which is where you develop like breast tissue essentially due to hormone fluctuations. So I had a little bit of that from puberty. And then of course, steroid usage in my 20s made it worse, made it a little bit worse. And so it, made, it contributed to like a, you know, I'm just super open with you guys. I have nothing to hide. It's, it's like a, it developed like a cone-like appearance to the nipples. Nothing that was like extremely noticeable to most people, but you know, it made me self-conscious. Obviously, people, particularly emasculated men on social media, take to you know tearing down any little thing they can find about me. So that was the target of a lot of negative comments. You know, oh look at the guy, no, look at the you know obvious obvious steroid user, etc. And it's like, ah, you got me. <laughs> Feel better, you know? Like, I mean, obviously, it doesn't affect me on a large scale, but noticeable, right? And actually more noticeable in shirts, like thinner shirts. So I had it removed, you know, and I'm thankful that, you know, had the means to do so. And now it looks fucking perfect. I got perfect nipples, y'all. So that is about two or three minutes update on my nipples. I know you guys are wondering about that. Outside of that, yeah, just, you know, life stuff, moving, finances, just normal life stressors, just a lot going on at once. I had an injury out of nowhere from fucking stretching. I was stretching and almost tore a muscle due to scar tissue accumulation, apparently. So that was wild. I was doing the pigeon stretch and my hip just popped and swelled up and kind of bruised there for a few days. So I, I didn't know what the hell I did, but thankfully that's better. Um, on the mend from surgery, I'm back in the gym. Finally, I had to take two weeks off the gym. You know, my three year old, Denver, he's. Obviously, he's overall just an amazing child. Very grateful for how well-behaved he is in general. But, you know, had some issues here and there at school. Those things happen. He's not the only kid. So just navigating that with with the co-parent and relationship moving, moving right along, you know. Everything is amazing there. Uh, Making some big moves soon. You know, merging families and such. Blending the family and such. So I will essentially have two kids soon. So obviously, just a lot of big changes, you know? So that culminated with, I had strep again. (laughs) 
and so I was on two antibiotics at once, one for the surgery, one for the strep. I was on like penicillin and another antibiotic. So it was a lot. It was just a lot at once. I've said that repetitively now, but that's just all that going on contributed to me not being as present on social media and and being and recording podcasts. And the reason why I'm getting back into it is, you know, someone told me on a live stream, was it a live stream? No, it was on I did a, a Zoom call with our clients. Just a random Zoom call one day. I had about 20 women on there, 25. And one and they they took several of them said, you know, hey, when you do another podcast episode, it has made my life better. Like you, I, you have impacted my life very positively with the stuff that you put out in podcasts. So please keep recording. At that moment, I was like, damn, yeah, this is a way to impact. And sometimes I forget or sometimes, you know, I just don't get a lot of feedback on the podcast. And so when someone said that, I was like, okay, all right, I got you, you know, cause that's what I'm in this for is to, is to help you all win. Regardless of whether or not, you know, you're listening to this and you've been following me for years or you're just now following me and you do end up working with us in our body transformation program or eventually with Slave Hormone Solutions or not, I want you to win. Otherwise, I wouldn't record this shit. You know, I want you all to win and I wouldn't put out all that free shit on social media. My goal has always been to make my free shit better than most people's paid shit. That's, that's always been my strategy with content is to give away so much free information that you all win regardless. And if you want to streamline your results and... and take out the guesswork and figure this shit out for good and you know work with us if it makes sense that's awesome but not everyone can can you know not everyone is in a financial situation to be able to commit right now and so that being the case i want to make my information accessible to everybody so let's talk about slay so slay hormone solutions on obviously it's still coming ladies it's still coming i am putting together you know when you look at how we're going to handle the amount of clients that we'll have I want to have a framework that can handle it and also make it very easy for everyone to communicate and there's no barriers or no bullshit with, you know, coming in and, and becoming a client and getting your getting your hormones, right? Like I want it to be very streamlined and easy for everybody because that is what that is what makes a successful model is how easy it is for the the client. So to that end, we're creating a client portal essentially an app, not an actual app, but you obviously have a mobile way to do this. And you'll be able to have access to your orders. You'll have access to our information database. You'll be able to chat with your practitioner. We'll have a a, a live uh, chat option to answer any questions that you have, just to make sure you all are taken care of. Because with when it comes to hormones and providing like a medical service, I want you all to have, you know, I want you all to be supported. I don't want you all to be wondering, you know, because there's going to be a lot of questions. Everyone has a lot of questions about hormones. You know, what, what can I expect? When can I expect to see things? You know, what about this? Have I heard about this side effect? What about this? And I want to be able to answer all those questions and help, you know, you have access to like your order status and be able to chat with your practitioner because not a lot of, not a lot of clinics do that. So it's something that I was willing to invest in and take a little more time to flesh out. So really looking forward to that. We'll also have a community aspect within the portal to where you can, you know, jump on, hop on, you know, talk with other slay clients and and we can just cultivate a community where women are, you know, learning more about hormone replacement and optimizing your your quality of life because you're replacing hormones that you've either stopped producing or um are are deficient in, you know, whether that's thyroid, estradiol, you know, whether you're in perimenopause and you need progesterone or you're in full-blown menopause and you need everything, you know, estradiol, progesterone, thyroid, DHEA, and potentially testosterone. So just want to create an environment where everybody can feel good together, you know? Because it's a it's it's there's not the information is mixed. 
it's hard to get really good information on hormones, especially bioidentical hormones. People conflate bioidentical with synthetic. And even a lot of this, the research uh, doesn't know the difference. They'll, they'll, add, they'll say there's risk involved with bioidentical, but they actually are using synthetic in the study. <laughs> so it's hard. It's hard to know what is what. And we have the most updated, clear, concise medical liter- literature on bioidentical hormone replacement. And we want to give you all access to that as well, because I'm a firm believer in having evidence to back any claim. And we have all of that readily available. So excited about that. Hope you all are excited as well. Just an update. We're going to launch in seven states and we will launch in more and more over time. Our, we are limited to where our uh, medical director is licensed. So it's going to be a combination of our medical director getting licensed in more states and also hiring more medical directors that are licensed in other states. It'd be a combination of those two things. And we want to make sure that whoever we bring on our team shares our philosophy with hormones, you know, treating symptoms over numbers. That's extremely important to us. And so, you know, that's a process. But I think in the next year, we'll be licensed in over half the country for sure, if not more. And if you are not on our Slay email list, please get on that list. It's in the in the profile of the Slay Hormone Solutions Instagram. So check that out. Get on the email list so that when we do become available in more states, you are the first to get access. And also we'll be putting out more information about the service in general and things you can do to learn more about BHRT and you know, hop on this train when we get started. So I'm super excited about that. So today I want to talk about how to bust through a plateau, right? If you're in a fat loss plateau, well, well, first of all, what is a plateau? Really, how to determine whether or not you're in a plateau, like if you're truly at a standstill and your weight loss or fat loss has stalled, and how to get through it. So let's talk about like what actually is a plateau. So a plateau is not your weight has not gone down for a couple of days. Let's like a lot of people think, you know, I get a lot of messages like, hey, I haven't lost weight in like a week. What should I do? It's like you're not plateaued yet. <laughs> you're not gonna lose weight every week if you're not supposed to. Take the most successful client we've ever had, or take the top 10 most successful clients we've ever had. Take the top 50 most successful clients we've ever had. None of them had weight loss where it just went down every single week. It's just not how your body works. Why? Because you put stuff in your body. You take stuff out of it. It's like a bank. You're just depositing, withdrawing all day, every day. You're pooping, you're eating, you're pooping, you're eating, you're sweating, you're, you're peeing, you're stressing, you're, you know, you have, uh, if you're premenopause, you have a monthly cycle. You know, there's all kinds of things that make your weight on a scale fluctuate. No matter what you do, it's going to fluctuate. There are people that fast for three days straight and their weight goes up. Why? Who knows? But it just does. And so to equate all of your progress with whether or not a number on a gravitational pull measurer is going down or not constantly is insane. But that's what so many of us do, right? I'm going to say us like I'm a woman. So <laughs> just roll with me on that. I know that I'll never experience what a woman goes through firsthand. I will never claim to, but I've worked with a lot of you. And I've, you know, I've, gained a lot of insight on what on the on the minds of women going through weight loss struggles. It sucks. I can't imagine. Um, but I do have a lot of insight on how to on how to break through. So a plateau is not you haven't like your weight loss hasn't gone, hasn't hasn't moved in a few days or even a few weeks. A plateau means that you haven't progressed in several categories. So let's look at the categories that are relevant to a fat loss journey. Number one is, you know, weight loss is a part of that. So this, we'll just say the scale is part of it, a very small sliver. Strength in the gym. Are you getting stronger? 
are you able to lift more weight or do more reps with the same weight or handle the same weight with slower reps over time, week to week? Are you progressing? So look at that. That's a metric of progression. If you're getting stronger, you're going to shape your body, period. And everyone, that is what we want ultimately is you want to look different in the mirror. Because let's be honest, right? This is just a really extreme example. But if you looked in the mirror and you saw exactly what you want to see, provided that you're cultivating the love for self that is paramount to this journey. But if you looked in the mirror and you saw like that hourglass or the more lean toned waist or the, you know, the shapelier legs, like whatever ideal body type you have in your head, would it really matter what you weighed? If you weighed 300 pounds, but you looked fucking sexy naked, would you care? At that point, why would your weight be so relevant, right? Now, obviously 300 pounds is, you know, probably overweight for most people, but just, just giving you that example, because if you, if you look the way that you want, what's it matter what you weigh? Okay, so if the answer to that is, I don't care what I weigh, if I look how I want and I have, and I'm healthy, then why are we so fixated on the scale? So detach from the scale and instead focus on strength in the gym. Another metric is walk, steps, right? What is your step count like? Are you increasing your step count week to week? Are you actually averaging a step count that is you know, higher over time? Or are you just doing it for a couple of days and saying that that's your step count? Because consistency and averaging a, a step count means that every single week and every single month, you are maintaining a step count that is higher than it was and is congruent with your goals. How many steps should you take? It depends on where you're at and what you're trying to accomplish. Obviously, the more you walk, the higher caloric intake can be, right? So keep that in mind too. It's like the more you walk, the more margin of error you have with your caloric intake. That's very important, right? So we have the scale, small extent, strength, steps, protein intake. How's your protein intake? What are you averaging for your, pro- your grams of protein you know, over time? Are you progressively eating more? And are you averaging an amount of protein that is going to help satiate you every day? Because a big part of protein consumption is satiation, meaning it makes you feel full. So if you eat more protein, you're less likely to overeat, right? So how conscious are you of your protein intake? And I'm not talking protein supplements. Everyone thinks that like when I say protein, people think protein powder. Protein is a macronutrient you get from food. So you know, Google high protein foods. And here, I'll, I'll, I will give you a list right now of high protein foods while we're here because I just happen to have it handy because I posted on this day. Legumes, cottage cheese, Greek yogurt, eggs, quinoa, lentils, edamame, bone broth, salmon, tuna, shrimp. Notice that none of those are red meat. And the reason why I left red meat out is because everybody thinks you have to eat red meat to hit your protein goal. And yet, I just, I just gave you a dozen protein sources that are not red meat. So what excuse do you have? <laughs> so you know, if you factor in hamburger meat, turkey, red meat, whatever, like, okay, that now you have a ton of sources that you're just refusing to try. So there's your protein goal, right? If you eat some of those, even four of those sources, three or four of those sources multiple times a day, you're going to hit your protein goal. Everyone thinks hitting your protein is so damn hard. It's not. Like it is not hard to eat 100 grams plus of protein. Will you do it overnight? Absolutely fucking not. You have to work towards it just like anything else, right? But if you do that and you hit that protein goal, your likelihood of overeating is so much lower because you're going to be satiated. Another metric, fiber intake. How's your fiber intake? Cumulatively over time. Are you even tracking it? Well, let's start there, right? If you, in any, any endeavor in life, if you want to progress in it, you're going to have to track some kind of metric so that you can 
make marginal improvements over time. People want to hyperfixate on things that don't fucking matter, like your macro ratio. Who gives a shit how many carbs and fat you eat? We just look at the science, it doesn't matter. Will not affect fat loss results. So stop listening to these idiot influencers who are like, limit your carbs, carbs make you fat. No, they fucking don't. When calories are equated, meaning two people eat the same amount of calories and protein, but they have drastically different amounts of carbs, they get the same results. Doesn't matter. Do what works for you. So long as your calories and your protein are equated and within a range over time, you're going to get fat loss results. Y'all know I give it to you straight up. And that's just, that's just how it is, right? People lose their ever-loving minds when I say carbs and fat don't matter. Guess what? They don't. Because the same people that get outraged are the same people that haven't actually tracked their fucking calories since NOM or have never done it consistently. And they need something to blame their struggles on. They need to blame carbs. They need to blame fats. They need to blame all these other things that are actually not the cause, right? The cause is they haven't become aware of their eating habits. And tracking calories shines a magnifying glass on your habits. And most people are uncomfortable with that. Nobody wants to look at themselves. They just want to blame other things. But if you do this, your life will be infinitely easier than those who choose to keep blaming their lack of results on things that are anything other than their allergy to accountability, right? Whew. Going hard today. All right. Anyway, so those are the metrics that you can look at outside of a scale in order to equate, in order to determine progress, right? So knowing that, if none of those areas are improving, like if you're if you're not, you know, if your weight isn't progressing, if your fat loss isn't progressing, and but you also take an honest look at those pillars, right? So the pillars are protein intake, step count, caloric intake. And walking, if you look at those four pillars, I guarantee you, if you're not progressing with your weight loss, one of those things isn't checked. So a plateau in this definition is not that your weight isn't progressing for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. It's that I'm checking those four boxes consistently over time and my weight loss and fat loss are not progressing. And if you're truly honest with yourself, I guarantee you one of those boxes are not being checked. You forgot one or you didn't do it for the last week. And that's okay. Because if you're not, don't look at it as you made a mistake or you suck. Look at it as an opportunity. It's like, oh, thank God. I just found the thing that I can fix in order to keep progressing. What a gift. What a gift it is to become aware of your habits. Without awareness, we're just throwing darts with our eyes closed. That goes for anything in life. We have to gain that awareness. So tracking, even to a small extent, can provide that awareness. And from that awareness, we can take action. And that's what this is cultivating. Now, let's say that you are actually, let's say, you know, (laughs) this is the most unlikely scenario, but let's say you are checking those boxes, right? Let me make one more, let me make one more distinction here. If you're not using, so if you are checking those boxes, right? If you say, yeah, I'm tracking my calories, but you're not using a food scale, Sis, you're not tracking your calories. Sorry, you're not. And, and maybe you don't understand why. So let me tell you. If you're not weighing your food, you're guessing. And you weren't taught how to guess. We weren't born intuitive eaters. We have to learn it because of the way that our families and society shape our eating habits. That's why we're so fucked up, right? We have to relearn how to have intuitive eating skills. And you can't gain intuitive eating skills without seeing how much a portion of food actually is. And the only way to do that without ever having done it before is to weigh it. Now, when I say that, people 
run for the hills because they're like, oh my God, I have to weigh every single thing that I eat. No, 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 no. Let me stop you right there. Come back, come back, come, come here. Come here, baby bird. Come here, let me feed you. You don't have to do every, you don't have to weigh everything. You just weigh a few things. Weigh, weigh one thing a day. Build the habits just like you would anything else. Start very slow, meet yourself where you're at. If you've never weighed anything in your life, don't expect to weigh everything, right? But just start, weigh one thing, weigh two things, weigh one of your meals. Just weigh it, just see how much it weighs. And I'm not talking like a package of yogurt, okay? Because that the serving size is on there. Unless you don't eat the whole thing, then you do need to weigh it, right? Let's use yogurt as an example. You have the serving size right there, right? On the thing. Let's say it's a big thing of yogurt and it's got like, you know, four servings per package. Well, if you eat a three, if you eat three or four spoonfuls out of that, or four spoonfuls, like five spoonfuls, let's say, and then you put it back in the fridge and you go on your app and you say, "Oh, that's probably two cups." Well, that's not fucking accurate, Jennifer. Okay, no offense if your name is Jennifer. I'm just throwing out a random name. You need to actually take a bowl, put it on the scale, zero it out, put in whatever serving of yogurt you want, weigh it, and then put that in the app. That's what you actually ate. But if you try to guess and you do that with everything, including your cooking oils and your butter and your condiments, and you're not tracking those or you're guessing without ever having weighed it, I guarantee you're overeating and don't realize it because that same person that does that, it puts in things like, oh, I ate one banana and didn't weigh it or one potato and you didn't weigh it? Well, one banana is not a metric of measurement. I'm not 37 bananas tall, y'all. I'm six foot five. (laughs) You don't weigh 120 bananas, right? (laughs) So my point is you have to weigh that banana. Weigh the, like, y'all, size matters, okay? Size does matter, especially when it comes to bananas. So how big is your banana? How long is that thing? Hey, girl, how long your banana? What that banana do? Just weigh it. Weigh it on a scale. And however many grams of... Well, however many grams it is on the scale, that's what you put in the app. This banana was 87 grams. Because depending on the size of that banana, it could be 50 grams. It could be 130 grams. If you consistently under guess how how many grams or how many servings of food you're eating... Your tracking is not accurate. It's not an accurate depiction of what you're putting in your body. And then eight weeks down the road, when you jump on Instagram and trigger jizz in my comments, you're like, I've been eating 1,000 calories a week and I'm not losing weight. No, you haven't. You've been guessing that you've been eating 1,000 calories. And it's not accurate because you haven't actually weighed your food consistently. Okay? So I just want to put that distinction in there. Just because so many people think that they're eating... 1,200 calories and not losing weight. And it's like, first of all, my three-year-old eats 1,800 calories plus a day. Okay, You're not eating 1,200 calories. What you may be doing at most is eating 1,200 calories like two days of the week and then royally overeating other days. And you're averaging over what it takes to maintain your weight over time. That's what most people are doing because when you try to barely eat in order to lose weight, the pendulum is going to swing the other direction and you're going to gain a bunch of weight from overeating. Or not gain a bunch of weight. You're going to gain weight over time from overeating here and there, not realizing it, or only having a short-term memory with your eating and only remembering the days that you barely ate and not remembering the days conveniently that you overate. And over time, you're averaging more calories in than you're expending. Okay, so that's why I make it as super simple as I possibly can with these four pillars, okay? The thing is, even if you do two out of four, you're probably going to progress. Like if you just hit protein goal and walk a lot, you're probably going to lose a shit ton of weight. That's how easy this is, y'all. If you do all four, you're going to fucking transform. 
but you got to be consistent with it, right? So the, uh, let's just say that you have, you know, going back to the plateau thing, let's say that you have checked those four boxes, right? And you haven't plateaued. Then all you have to do is look at one of those boxes and increase it or get more consistent, right? So let's just say, hypothetically, you're plateaued at a weight for the last six weeks, right? And we, again, just, just to give more context here, you want to average half a pound to a pound and a half per week over time. So when you weigh yourself, I recommend only weighing once to every right, once a week to once every two weeks, right? So take your average over time of, of your numbers. So like if you weighed 165, for, in, for instance, in June, and then mid-June, you're 167, and then July, you're 163, and then August, you're 165, and then September, you're 161. Well, even though you went up two months, you're still trending downward over time. That's how weight loss works. It's not what you're losing day to day because that's insanity, again, because you're depositing, withdrawing like a bank all day long into your body. But over time, your trend is what matters. And if you stay consistent with those four pillars, that trend will go downward. There's no way around it because all you have to do, if it isn't averaging a half a pound to a pound and a half over time, is increase your steps or eat more protein or lift weights harder and get stronger, You know, change something up your weightlifting routine or take a hard look at your caloric intake. And last resort is to decrease your calories, y'all. Last resort. First resort is increase your steps. Always move more before you eat less because when you eat less, you're getting less nutrients. You're taking fuel away from your body. Okay? And that is sensible breaking through a plateau. Right now, I have a whole other deal, a whole other podcast episode I'm going to do, or I'm going to actually, it's a video I've already done for my coaching team, actually. It's very in-depth on body transformation over time, the phases, right? Because Obviously, it's like the next question is, well, how do I know when I'm at a point where I want to start, you know, shaping my body with muscle tissue, right? Like I've cut, I've cut, quote unquote, I hate the term, but, you know, I've decreased body fat to a point where I'm comfortable. Now it's time to reverse it and start to shape my body, right? Well, that is all subjective. And I would not base it on a weight. You can base your caloric intake on a goal weight, but after you calculate, like I use the goal weight in pounds times 12 formula because it's super easy. It's worked for thousands of people. It tends to work for everybody unless you're like, way out of the spectrum on height, like if you're super, super short or super, super tall. In that case, I would use current weight times 10. But for most of you, goal weight times 12 is a perfect way to get started. But you don't base, like you want to look at your appearance over time, not necessarily, because you may, you may get to that weight and be dissatisfied with how you look. That's the reality. It's like you may get, you may get halfway there and love the way you look. The point is that that formula puts you in a deficit so that you can actually lose body fat, right? It's a way to just guarantee that you're losing, you know, you're in a, you're eating enough, you're eating an amount that will elicit body fat loss. But you may look completely different than you think at that actual goal weight. And that's why I always say weight becomes irrelevant at some point in your journey. Hope this hope this gave you some value. Hope this kind of gets you back on track. If you got off track, hope this kind of puts things in perspective for you in a world that's always trying to pull you all over the place with this fat loss thing. I know it's so confusing. I know people say different things that contradict one another and it can make you, it can tear you off of a path. It can make you question what you're doing, right? It's like you're, you finally start to see progress and somebody's like, this food's fucking killing you. And you're like, what the, what? Oatmeal? I can't eat, you know, and it's like, it's crazy. People say anything to get views. 
even my hooks are 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 wild just to get people to watch because I'm battling the algorithm. I'm I'm battling people who don't use evidence, who say crazy shit just to get views or make money. Like that's what I'm up against. So sometimes I gotta be outlandish, hence the wigs, hence the personas, hence the stuff that is funny. Like I gotta be comedic. I mean, I love being comedic, which is a great trade-off, but I have to do those things in order to get people to stop scrolling and and watch long enough to actually receive good information. So sometimes I have outlandish hooks, but like, dude, at least I'm not selling you bullshit, bro. Like some people, some people say some of the dumbest shit. Like I saw somebody the other day on on uh, TikTok. They were like, "Oh, not everyone digests uh, calories the same way. It can be off by up to you know a thousand calories by uh, depending on how you metabolize food." And it's like, okay, so what's your solution? Stop tracking calories. <laughs> Cool, man. So what, do you, what would you suggest people do? And then you have people that uh, claim that the n- nutrition trackers are off by up 20%. It's like, it's not the nutrition trackers. It's the nutrition label that has a margin of, could have a margin of error of 20% or more. Guess what? It's still 80% effective, even if that's the case. And it's likely not. So there's a lot of ways to get you distracted from the things that work. The things that work are still the things that work. And the most optimal, quote unquote, way is the way that you stick to and the way that you can implement your life long term. And that's, again, why I make it so simple and make it very attainable. Because within this framework, you can find a happy medium that works for your lifestyle. And regardless, if you apply half of what I tell you, you can progress from where you're at. So that's the whole point of making it super simple, but also accurate. It's simple, but it's also accurate, right? I just look at the minimum requirements for fat loss and help you do that so you can get momentum to where you're not so worried about being perfect and optimal. You're, all you're focused on is the simple things that do elicit fat loss and doing more of those over time so that you can make this a lifestyle and not just a fucking diet that you do for two weeks and then fall off the wagon. Because if it's not something you can do for the rest of your life, it's not worth doing. What have we looked at relationships? What have we looked at our nutrition method, the, the, whatever, whatever we choose to try and lose fat as a relationship? The same way we look at relationships. Would you dabble in a, would you invest yourself, body, mind, heart, soul into a relationship with somebody knowing that full well that you're going to break up with them or they're going to break your heart? <laughs> Probably not, right? I don't know. Maybe you're crazy. Maybe you do do that. I don't know. But some of us do that, I think. <laughs> just, uh, just perspective. Anyway, thanks for listening, y'all. Hope you got value from this. I got to go to the doctor now. So appreciate you all. Have an awesome rest of your day. ESB out. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.